you know, you can either keep talking and I'm going to knock you out or you can get out of here. And I just kind of slowly backed away uh, to make sure that he wasn't going to chase me down the sidewalk. Welcome to Outbound, where we talk about strategies and tactics to help salespeople build better relationships with their ideal customers. On today's show, I have Logan Lyles. Logan currently serves as an, uh, on the evangelism and content team at teamwork.com. Welcome to the show, Logan. Thanks so much for having me, man. Excited to be here. Logan, what is a strategy or tactic that you've used during your time as a sales, uh, in sales that's helped you build deeper relationships with your ideal customers? Yeah, it's really a concept that was first introduced to me by James Carberry. So he's the founder of a podcast agency called Sweetfish Media. And he introduced me to this idea first on his podcast. And then I joined his team and took over sales from him as the founder of the agency. And it was this concept of content-based networking. Everybody understands content marketing, where you're creating content for your ideal buyers. And he started talking about this concept of content-based networking, where you create content with your ideal buyers. And especially folks who are in a sales role, um, I, you know, my career prior to uh, that role at Sweetfish, I had been in outbound uh, regional B2B sales, selling technology, doing a lot of cold calling on the phone and in person. We'll get into a story of where in person didn't quite go well for me uh, later in the conversation, I think. But this idea of being able to add value by inviting my prospects to create content with me was just really fascinating to me as a salesperson who had done outbound, never really loved cold calling, never really loved the interruption and the immediate ask without adding value. And so that combined with my journalism roots of a salesperson who always kind of saw content marketing as this fun thing that was rising um, as I progressed in my sales career. It was like these two things coming together. And then I joined Sweetfish and started executing content-based networking. And I can't, I can't say it enough. It literally changed the trajectory of my career. Yeah, and I know that the show isn't about me, so I'll take a long time on this. But I mean, I just can second that. Uh, I also ran into James. I didn't work on his team, but mm -hmm. I got into podcasting and um, I've seen major change in the tra trajectory of my career through connecting with James, him recommending mm -hmm. me connect with Dan Sanchez, who was on his team at the time, and then being like, you got to start a podcast, interview prospects and people you want to build relationships with. And I mean, it's absolutely changed my career also. Um, so what does this look like in practice? Can you share a story about, you know, that kind of illustrates what content-based networking looks like? Yeah. And it's interesting to me because I'm actually in the midst of a transition going from the sales organization at teamwork.com where I've been head of partnerships to, as you mentioned, an evangelism and content marketing role now where I'm moving actually onto the marketing team. And so what I'm trying to do is bring this aspect of relationship building while creating content with folks over into the marketing team. Because I think there's usually this disconnect where James and I and others at Sweetfish had talked about content-based networking for years and sales is like, ah, content is a marketing thing. And marketing is like, ah, relationships is a sales thing, right? And so I'm trying to, you know, as the the poster child of it, of like, I've lived on both sides of the fence and it, it actually works really well when you can execute it together. 
most recently, the team at teamwork.com, we exhibited at HubSpot's inbound conference in Boston. So we had a booth, we were doing a private event on Wednesday night, our CEO, Peter had a speaking engagement. And really, I wanted to see how could we use this concept to, uh, to generate new relationships, hopefully generate new conversations for our sales team. And so we have a podcast that we release every week called Agency Life, where we're talking to agency owners, operators, and leaders within agencies, which is really the target audience for us at teamwork.com. We knew that there would be a ton of people fitting that buyer persona at Inbound because HubSpot's solution partner network is so huge. And so what I did was uh, took a, a mobile microphone and a camera, gave the camera to some of our team members, and I opened up a HubSpot meeting link and said, hey, I'm going to be doing quick man on the street style interviews with folks uh, at the conference center in Boston while we're at inbound book a 15 minute slot with me and we'll feature you on the podcast. My calendar got filled up so quickly. Um, and, uh, shout out to a friend of mine, Nicole Pereira, who shared that meeting link and said, Hey, you want to be featured on this podcast from Logan and the team at teamwork.com um, book in here. And she shared that in a private Facebook group and uh, lots of people, you know, jumped in there because it wasn't just, Hey, do you want to get a de demo of the software? Go to the teamwork booth right. at inbound. It was, Hey, do you want to be featured in some content? And naturally people leaned in people booked time. And what was really cool was, I finished each interview and uh, oftentimes it was some of the folks on our product team who were running the camera. They'd hand me over the camera. I'd kind of check and make sure that we got the shot and everything like that. And while that was happening, they would ask them some questions. Hey, we serve a lot of agencies. They're our primary customer base at Teamwork. What are some of your challenges right now? They'd get into a conversation. Mm -hmm. That person would say, you know, actually I should... I should uh, get a demo. Okay. And they'd introduce them to the sales team. It didn't take kind of a, you know, a bait and switch approach or a hard right hook um, to get them interested in the product. But I don't think those people would have necessarily come by our booth, engaged in a conversation with our product team, let alone our sales team, had we not led with, hey, let's just start the relationship off with creating some content together. Yeah, I love that approach. And it's really amazing because these are people that you could try to chase down an event and, you know, mm -hmm. be running after them. But instead, you've got to, you know, essentially align out the door of people who are coming to to talk to you, to talk with you. And um, you're doing that by highlighting and magnifying their expertise or their knowledge or, you know, letting them share what's important to to them as to, to the prospect. And not only are you then building that relationship, but you're also gaining really valuable insights to mm -hmm. the challenges that these folks yeah. are facing. Yeah. It's multifaceted, right? Like our product team got feedback that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise from like kind of your typical stiff, you know, uh, customer interviews that we try and do. Like they were already talking to me about, you know, the questions that we were posing on the podcast. And to your point, we had people lining up at the booth, like, oh, I'm scheduled with Logan for a podcast interview. Like, and they were, you know, while I was finishing one up and then people are looking like what's happening over here at, at this booth. So it created more buzz around the booth and more people probably stopping by because of what was happening there. So you're exactly right. There's kind of an exponential impact to executing on this strategy that isn't just create content with a prospect and then they're going to take out a demo or do a discovery call with your sales team. That naturally happens, but there are other things that happen as well um, and things snowball. Yeah. And uh, um, one more piece of that is that 
you know, a lot of times, even at these events, salespeople are focusing on decision makers. So you're looking at their name mm-hmm. tag and trying to figure out what their role is, you know, before you even initiate a conversation. And uh, I mean, for one, in this case, it sounds like these people were a really good fit, but not all, you know, some of them might be using a competitor product and they're not ready mm-hmm. to move, but they know people who might be open. So it's like by having those conversations with people who aren't ready to buy, making them look good, building that rapport, they're much more likely to give you a referral or, you know, say, Hey, there's this other person who would be great for your show. They're a good fit. They, they, you know, that other person happens to be in market at that point. So you get recommendations or referrals from people naturally and in a really organic way. That's not, um, you know, pushy or slimy, or like you said, bait and switch, you're really truly, you know, people talk about adding value. You hear that in both sales and marketing, you got to add value to your customers. And it's like, well, how do you do that? What does that mean? And yes, one piece of that yes. is like education and like really making their job easier. But the other side of it is just make them look really good yes. and help them to get their point of view and their perspective out that helps them in their career and helps their company look good. And something, I mean, I saw it this week from content that you created. Somebody posted one of your clips who's in your <laughs> ideal customer profile. She's sharing your clip makes her look really good, but also mm-hmm. totally highlights what you guys are doing uh, at teamwork, just teamwork.com, just by, um, the, uh, the branding and everything on the video and, and showing exactly. up. Um, exactly. All right. We could have a 45 minute conversation on this, but I want to make this really practical for people who are listening. So mm-hmm. you had mentioned, um, I don't remember if it was before, uh, our official recording started or not, but a lot of times marketing and sales kind of pass the ball back and forth between, mm-hmm. oh, you know, marketing's job is content sales job is relationships and the kind of ping pong back and forth. Uh, and you're almost combining the two pieces together and saying, no, you know, really both teams need to focus on doing this together. So mm-hmm. there's a salesperson that's listening to the show and they don't have a marketing team that's going to get behind them and basically do all the heavy mm-hmm. lifting. You know, first off, why do they, why should they do this? Like, well, mm-hmm. it's a, it would be a big lift for them. Why is it worth the effort? Yeah. So I think there are some ways they can do it without it being a huge lift. And we'll touch on some of the tactics there. But I think the reason they should think about doing this is for the same reasons that they're struggling right now. People aren't picking up the phone. People aren't answering those cold emails. Don't even get me started on LinkedIn in mails, right? Like so many of the outbound strategies that have been tried and true for such a long time, uh, the door is just completely shut there. Not to mention that when you do get through right now, it's not just noisier than ever. Like we've been saying that in sales and marketing, like how do you cut through the noise? There's so much noise. How do you be the signal and not the static? But the other thing is people are surrounded by so much. They're also trying to figure out when I do give my attention to something, can I trust it? Mm -hmm. Right. And so even when you do break through the noise, there's this next hurdle that you've got to overcome is they've got to trust you. It goes back to that tried and true saying people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. It's not just enough to get them to know you. And this strategy of creating content with people who can buy from you or who can refer you to the right people, as you said, in market who they know it creates trust because you're building a relationship that does start with adding value, shining the spotlight on them. By the way, as you get the insights from them and let them you know, stand in the spotlight and share their points of view, it helps you refine your points of view uh, as a salesperson or a marketer, which you know we're always talking about how we need to better understand our customers. So that's what I would say is, is the why, because it 
it allows you to build relationships. I think I've seen uh, some of the graphics that you've put out recently, like put down the, the chainsaw where you're trying to just do things very transactionally, which is actually chopping down this tree versus watering it and seeing it grow and seeing more branches come off of it over time. So that's the why. And then we could jump into more of the how and you know what should you do next if that's where we want to go from here. Yeah, just to, to build in what you just said. I mean, mm -hmm. I saw this this week. There's somebody that came to a live that I had done on my personal LinkedIn live that I had done on my personal page talking about a topic that caught his attention. I ended up bringing him on to the live show. He shared some of what, you know, he was new in this role um, at, at the company he was at, and we just chatted back and forth. Then over the last year, we've sent messages back and forth through through LinkedIn and, you know, he's commented on, on posts back and forth. And then 11 months later, he ends up reaching out and saying, Hey, we're really looking to, um, get some help on our marketing. Love to talk to you about that. Um, and mention the fact that he's been coming to these events and, you know, joined into events and stuff like that. So it's like, if you're just looking to talk to people who are ready to buy right now, you're really missing out on nurturing all these relationships. And some of these people will be ready to buy and that's awesome. And you'll have more rapport, you know, break through the barriers faster because you've built trust, but also you're building rapport with people who will end up in your pipeline in three months or six months or a year. And then you're not constantly having those ups and downs, you know, the roller coaster pipeline where it's like feast or famine over and over and over again, you know, you can create more sustainable growth as you're building those relationships and, nurturing them over a longer period of time. Yeah. Anyone listening to this is going to know John Barros of JB Sales, right? And I love the saying that he comes back to all the time is a big fat pipeline solves a lot of problems. Mm. And if you're building relationships with the folks in your ICP, whether they're in market or not, and we're talking about creating content with them as the vehicle for doing that today, but there's lots of ways to do that, then you are going to have that fuller pipeline that is going to solve a myriad of issues that everybody's facing in sales right now. Yeah, I love it. So what are two to three practical ways that a salesperson, you know, again, that doesn't have this huge apparatus behind them to do all the heavy lifting, what can they do to start creating content with their customers and building, building relationships with them? Yeah, it might be my bias towards podcasting, but I think an interview-based format, whether you have a podcast or not, is the way to start um, because... It, as salespeople, you naturally have conversations. That is your job, is the one-to-one -one conversations. Do it in a way where you can record that and then turn that into content. And so one of the things I actually did when I joined teamwork.com, as I mentioned, I was not in the marketing team. We didn't have a podcast, but I knew I wanted to start building relationships. At that point, I was looking for potential partners more than uh, potential customers. But the same thing can apply here. If you're in a sales role, you're outbound, you've got a specific territory or you've got a patch that you're managing, where are those target accounts? Invite people to do an interview with you and just say, hey, I'm doing an interview series for LinkedIn. You don't have to say I have a podcast or a YouTube channel because you're a quota carrying salesperson. You don't have time to launch a full podcast, but you can use a platform like what we're recording on right now, riverside.fm, $19 a month. You could probably get that expensed or, you know, handle that sort of expense yourself and just come up with five repeatable questions that you want to ask people that fit your buyer persona. 
and just say, Hey, I want to feature you. I'll take the, the best clip from that and I'll share it on LinkedIn. Another tool, uh, without going heavy into, you know, being a, a video editor, content creator, writer, something like that. Um, you can use a tool called Opus clip. I think it's opus.pro, uh, very straightforward, generative AI tool where you can drop in a recording. It will um, auto automatically caption the videos and try to pull out the most compelling ones. Sometimes it does a good job, sometimes it doesn't. But if it gives you six and one is good, that's all you need, right? Now you've got something you can go back to that prospect and say, hey, here's this video. If you share it on LinkedIn, I'll make sure and leave a comment and uh, leave early engagement. I'm going to post it and tag you. Um, I'm going to share it with our marketing team, see if they want to share it as well. And so now you've got three posts potentially highlighting that prospect that you've built a relationship with, even if you just hop on for 15 minutes to record that quick conversation. And you didn't have to do something way outside of your comfort zone as a salesperson uh, to start a podcast or a YouTube channel or write a, you know, a, an article or something like that. You just ask some questions that you want to know about your ICP, let them respond, use a, a pretty automated tool to generate some video content. Short form video is really hot right now. So if I were in sales, that would be the, the thing that I would be doing right now to execute this on, you know, the most cost effective, efficient uh, DIY sort of way where you don't have to involve other resources or, you know, other expenses. Um, and you don't have to be a great writer or a great video editor to get it done either. Yeah, I love that. That's really practical. And I mean, I'll just throw in also, like if you don't even have time to do that, just run it as a LinkedIn Live, which you could mm -hmm. do through Riverside, but you could also use StreamYard yep. or Restream or something Restream. like that. And then you're literally just inviting the person on, having a conversation you'd be having with them already. If you do it live, you don't have to go back and do any editing at all. You can just mm -hmm. use that live. Um, and I've done that a couple of times when I was really in a pinch and building great rapport with people then they're able to invite people that they know to the live event. And um, you can really get a lot of traction with no yeah. editing um, on top of that. So uh, one last question for you, Logan, what is the wildest thing that's ever happened to you in a sales role? Well, I thought I was going to get knocked out literally out on the sidewalk in front of this business. And what happened was, I think it was like 2011, I was working for a local office equipment dealership where I sold copiers and printers and uh, scanners and believe it or not, fax machines. That was the sort of sales I was in for like 10 years after I graduated college with a journalism degree. And I had walked into this, I think it was a construction company and no one was at the front desk. And as I normally did when I was making in-person cold calls at the time, I looked around to see where was the first open office and I saw a guy there. He was on the computer. I said, excuse me, sir, I'll just take a second. And he was really rude with his response. Can candidly, I did walk into his, his office, but the sign directed me there. It, it said, you know, if no one's at the front desk, go this way. And he goes, well, no, you're not. And I was like, ah, oh, geez, I'm just going to leave my card here. He's like, I don't want your card. And I was a little frustrated. I maybe mumbled something under my breath, but I, I turned around and walked out and was just like, ah, you know, I'm not going to deal with this, but I was visibly frustrated. And, um, I walked out through the lobby and then back in front of the business. And I looked through and I could see a window back into his office where he was. And I swear it looked like there was a puff of smoke 
where he had been. You know, like when a cartoon character like <laughs> runs away and there's just like this little puff of smoke and his office chair was just kind of spinning like very ominously. And I was like, uh oh, and I turned around and sure enough, he, there's this big, huge guy who's probably six inches taller than me and has, you know, 50 pounds on me at least. And he's like, what did you say? Da, 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 da. And then uh, he basically said like, you know, you can either keep talking and I'm going to knock you out or you can get out of here. And I just kind of slowly backed away uh, to make sure that he wasn't going to chase me down the sidewalk but you know it was 2011 the recession was still kind of in play at that point especially the construction industry so i think i caught him at a bad day maybe business wasn't good and like i said maybe i was a little frustrated with you know pounding the pavement and uh knocking on doors uh, at that point so that was my my roughest cold call uh, i will say i got back in the car and it was like you know, 3.30, I could go back to the office, plug stuff into the CRM, be be done for the day. And I was like, well, what are the odds I'm going to be threatened with physical <laughs> violence one more time? So I made myself make a few more cold calls uh, before I went went from there. So, Oh, man. So the moral of the story is if you see smoke and spinning chair, <laughs> run. <laughs> run. Run right then. Trust your instincts. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Logan, where can people find out more about you and about teamwork.com? Yeah. So three ways. One, you can find me on LinkedIn. I am there active, uh, not necessarily every day, but each and every week, multiple times. So Logan Lyles, L-Y-L-E-S, pretty easy to find there. And then I'm hosting two podcasts myself. So if you are listening to this and you're in B2B sales and marketing, I uh, help run a show with my friends at nearbound.com called Nearbound Marketing, where we're looking at these different strategies to lean into where trust already exists in the network, in the communities that you're trying to serve and bring that into your marketing motions. If you work in an agency, we also have a podcast at teamwork.com called Agency Life. And I'm on there talking to agency owners, agency leaders. We're talking about sales, marketing, growth, culture, operations, all things within an agency. So LinkedIn, Nearbound Marketing and Agency Life. Those two podcasts are the two ways to find me each and every week if this content has been at all helpful for you. Love it. Yeah, look forward to seeing more of your content coming out. And if you're listening to this show and you enjoyed it, make sure to subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode of Outbound. <laughs>